Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast Network. Craig Schaup here with Bob Garber, our New York City film critic. Bob, how are you doing on this Monday morning? I'm doing great. Happy Monday. Well, uh, hopefully it's a happy Monday for you. You saw a new movie last week, uh, the latest release, Dear Evan Hansen. Tell us a little bit about uh, this uh, Tony and Grammy award-winning stage play that uh, has come to the theaters. Okay, well, uh, this show stars Ben Platt, who won a Tony for his role uh, as the as uh, Evan Hansen, who's a high school senior. Um, you know, a lot of social anxiety to him, has trouble making friends. Um, he has a, uh, a crush on a classmate uh, whose brother is mentally disturbed. Um, the brother named Connor, he... Um, uh, signs Evans cast sarcastically and uh, confiscates a note of his that talks about uh, wanting to get to know Zoe, the sister, better. Um, Connor then commits suicide, and uh, since he died with Evans' note on him, the parents uh, assume that um, he and Evan were friends and that the letter is about Connor wanting to be a better brother to Zoe, the sister. Um uh, Evan goes along with this uh, with this tale that the mother, played by Amy Adams, has spun, uh, where where he and Connor were friends, uh, and he embellishes it with a lot of details about the two of them spending a lot of time in a uh, in an orchard, um, getting to know each other, uh, which isn't true, and the lie uh, spins out of control. Uh, soon, he's the voice of Connor's memory. Um, doing good and setting up a foundation with a classmate named Alana. Um, and he's also spending more time with Connor's family uh, at the expense of spending time with his own mother, played by Julianne Moore. So with this movie, you know, this is a, a, a Tony award-winning musical. It's a Grammy award winner. Uh, so really, you know, you're talking about music. Is the music, uh, does the music work here in the film setting? The music, I mean, the, the songs are certainly good. Um, they're inserted kind of awkwardly. Um, people will be having a conversation and all of a sudden it'll, um, you know, sort of spin off, it'll sort of spin off into a musical number, um, which will be kind of awkward because it was a serious conversation that didn't really, uh, didn't really need music. But the, the numbers themselves are fine and they're um, usually pretty uplifting. 
Well, uh, you know, there was a little bit of controversy with uh, Ben Platt, who actually, like you said previously, you know, won a Tony for his performance on the stage of this musical. Uh, but he's a little bit older. He's about, what, 27 or 28 years old, playing a high school student. Um, a lot of people are saying, you're a little too old. Then they, apparently, they use some de-aging technology, I think, for the trailer at the very least to make him appear a little younger. I mean, was this any kind of a distraction for you watching the film? Maybe a little, um, but I mean, what are you going to do? Not cast the Tony Award winner? <laughs> that is true. Um, well, Bob, you know, there's a lot of divisiveness about this movie. I've seen a lot of people that just don't like it. Some people do. Where do you kind of fall on a movie like Dear Evan Hansen? I'm, I'm giving it a minor recommendation. I'm giving it a B minus. Okay. Um, I, I think the Rotten Tomatoes score at thirty three at thirty three percent is uh, is too low. Right. Um, I would have I would have rather seen it be uh, maybe somewhere in the sixties, but but thirty three is awfully low for a movie like this. It's not a train wreck. Um, yeah. it, you know, it has its problems. Um, you know, your mileage may vary on uh, <clears throat> on, on Platt's age, and uh, also I understand. Now I've never seen the the show, uh, but I understand that the third act has been rewritten for the movie and it is kind of a mess. Okay. So I can, I can see where that's a detraction, but it's, it's not a, it's not a bad movie. It's not a train wreck overall. Okay. All right. So uh, a minor recommendation there from Bob. So uh, this week, uh, not as many releases. So we're going to do a, something a, a little bit special. We're going to do another list here like we have in the past. And uh, in, you know, since we decided to, Bob, talk about Dear Evan Hansen. Let's go with our favorite musicals that we've seen in our uh, life here. So, Bob, you're going to start us off with your top five favorite musicals. Um, I'll, I'll do the five favorite musicals, but I also want to add um, Broadway is back. That's another reason why we're doing musicals. Oh, the Tony yeah. Awards were last night. Yeah. Uh, carried over from uh, from last spring, I think. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I live in New York. I work in Times Square. Sure. Uh, I've seen I see playbills littering the streets, uh, but uh, but that's another reason why we're why we're doing sure. musicals this Absolutely. week. Okay, I have this written down here. So I don't forget anything. Okay, um, number five, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh yeah, uh, pure imagination is. One of my uh, favorite songs of all time. You can set almost anything to it. Uh, I remember a um, the uh, MTV Movie Awards uh, back in I think it was two thousand had a really funny sequence where uh, host Sarah Jessica Parker was singing "Pure Imagination" over a um, over a montage of really bad taste movie clips, and it, it was just it worked to great effect. Um, and then there's the Oompa Loompa songs, the uh, the the remake I guess of the Candyman song at the front, which you know I had never I'd never heard the Sammy Davis Jr. version, so uh, it was new to me and I liked it. And uh, there's a Veruca Salt song that uh, that I've mentioned before on the show. I I love. I think she's underrated as a great m villain in movie history. But uh, a lot of fun songs in that uh, in that movie, but especially Pure Imagination. Um. For number four, I'm going with the two, actually, I think it's three movies uh, by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. 
South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut, uh, first and foremost. Uh, also, uh, some great songs in there, most of whose titles I can't even say here. Uh, but um, but the first one, the uh, no, I guess it's the second song in that movie is just pure profane joy, and uh, and others are um, are nice and catchy too. Uh, then there's Team America. They have a pretty good. Uh, theme song for the team. Yes, they do. <laughs> they do. Um, there's also one late in the movie uh, comparing the uh, main character's ordeal to the movie Pearl Harbor. Yeah. That one is, uh, is pretty funny. And there's an even earlier film uh, called Cannibal the Musical about the Alfred Packer party. And, uh, and, and that one is ultra low budget, but the music is surprisingly good in it. And uh, you can see where these guys went on to do bigger and better things, you can see why uh, why somebody would want to take a chance on them. Number three, I have the movie version of the Broadway show Rent. Rent was the first musical that I saw after moving to New York, and I thought it was terrible. I thought it went way too fast. There was no, there were no breaks for exposition. Um, and I, I didn't enjoy it. And then uh, later I saw the movie at a very packed student screening at NYU. And I loved it. I loved the movie a lot more than the play. Sure. Um, yes. Uh, you know, they, I could understand them better, which, you know, the coherency was a, was a major difference. And, uh, you know, all, all the singing sounded great. So I was very much... Uh, pleased with the transition from stage to screen with that one. Um, let's see here. Number two, I have, oh, I just have Disney written because mm. there are so many Disney right. classics and I can't, I, I could, I could have filled the whole list with Disney movies, but I didn't want to do that. That would be too much, too much focus on one studio, but um, off the top of my head, you know, Lion King, there were five songs I listened to, to, to death when I was a kid. Um, especially, uh, especially the villain song, Be Prepared. Uh, then there's Beauty and the Beast and, you know, pretty much everything in that movie hits. Um, more, le more recently, Frozen, Let It Go, uh, Adina Menzel from Rent used to great effect. Right. Um, they, they kind of screwed her up with Enchanted. They didn't have her sing in the movie Enchanted, which I thought was a huge waste. Uh, but, uh, you know, they finally used her correctly here and, she made them a ton of money. So that's that's her legacy with them. Uh, Moana has, has many, many great songs. Um, How, How Far I'll Go, I think, is the uh, is even better than Let It Go as far as as far as songwriting. Um, yeah, I think that I think that should have been an even bigger hit than, than Let It Go. Sure. Um, what else? Oh, Aladdin and uh, A Whole New World and a host of great songs from that movie. And, and, you know, the list goes on. So many great songs in the Disney catalog. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to pick one, so I'm just listing them all as, as one in one spot. Uh, and then number one, probably the first movie I could have um, identified as a favorite movie of mine, The Wizard of Oz. Hmm. The Wizard of Oz um, has, you know, basically the greatest movie song of all time, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, but then there are all those other classics, the uh, the If I Only Had a Brain, Heart, Nerve song, um, 
you know, follow the yellow brick, brick road, the munchkins, all, all kinds, um, the, um, the Emerald City one with the, um, the horse of a different color. Just, uh, just one classic number after another. Um, you know, beautiful, beautiful, colorful cinematography after a point. Just a, just a real classic movie. Yeah, I mean, that's a great list. It will have a little bit of overlap as well. Um, I'll start off. I, I appreciate you doing the the Disney as a singular force because, you know, you probably could do that. I decided to break it apart and just say, what are my favorites uh, in two Disney movies uh, or, you know, whatever you want to call Disney Pixar, although they're Disney uh, movies that made my list. Number five was Frozen. I think you you said it pretty well there. The music is is very catchy. It's a gorgeous looking movie, and the the music just enhances the entire exp viewing experience. I think, but I picked number four. I picked Moana, and this is my last Disney movie here on the list. Uh, but I picked Moana because I agree with you. How far I'll go should have been the biggest hit. I think from Disney from a musical perspective, it is a terrific song. Had it not been for La La Land, I think that song would have easily won Oscar for best music or for best original song. It was a terrific song. It's my favorite Disney song, uh, so that's why Moana edges out Frozen there on that uh, I, I, for number four for me. Uh, number three for me is Sweeney Todd, uh, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. We always we went into this movie wondering can Johnny Depp sing and. Maybe he can't sing great, but he can sing well enough to be a you know sort of a anti-hero in this it film, fits. and it, it it fits exactly. That's a that's the best way to describe it. But the songs are are very fun. My friends, Johanna, No Place Like London, um, just a lot of energy, despite the fact that it's also sort of built around this really tragic story. But uh, the the music is fantastic. Johnny Depp was fantastic, and I really just love that movie so much. Um, number two for me is La La Land, the aforementioned uh, winner for best uh, original song. I really was was captivated by the music. The first five minutes of this movie, where uh, Damien Chazelle does the digital stitching to make the one you know one sort of tracking shot uh, on the Los Angeles freeway there, where everybody's stuck in traffic. Is just full of energy. It really is the perfect five minutes for that film to just get you, you know, sucked into this world. It's a fantastic movie. The music is fantastic. I think it really shines when it's uh, more so with the music than it is with maybe some of the drama, but the music is fantastic. And, uh, so, you know, some of those set pieces to go along with it, the dancing, choreography, also works very well too. In number one, uh, probably no surprise, The Wizard of Oz. I actually just watched The Wizard of Oz over the weekend, and you know, it probably was the first time in quite a few years, I think, that I had watched it um, from start to finish, at least. Maybe you know, catching it here or there on cable over the years, but uh, taken aback a lot by the beautiful cinematography, uh, the, the the great color pop as we go from. Kansas to Oz, and then, of course, the music is always iconic. Like you said, I don't think there's anything else I could add to it. Uh, but, yeah, The Wizard of Oz, for me, really is just that iconic musical moment in cinema history, uh, taking advantage of the talkies when we're barely about 10 years into the talkies at that point, and really 
just a, a great, great musical composition. Everything works very well. The music's catchy and it's, you know, being sung decades and decades later. So uh, it wasn't a big surprise for me. It wasn't a hard choice to put The Wizard of Oz. And then, of, of course, watching it over the weekend last week really, really cemented my, my, my love for it. And I didn't even watch it for this list. I just watched it just to watch it. And um, just a lot of fun and, you know, a, a great film and great music to go along with it, Bob. Yes, and might I add, I, I hope that someday we get a big budget movie version of Wicked because oh yeah, because that is going to make a lot of money. Yeah, I would say so. That uh, that's got a, a big opportunity. I know that that's been talked about over the years, but uh, you know, it seems like it's gone back and forth about whether or not they want to go through with it. But uh, yeah, it would definitely probably be a big money maker. That's for sure. So. All right, Bob. Uh, well, I definitely appreciate you stopping by this week. What do you have coming up next week for us? Uh, next week, I have Venom, Let There Be Carnage. All right. Uh, I have the new Adams Family movie. Okay. I, I think I think it's just called Adams Family 2, but I could be wrong. And um, The Many Saints of Newark, the prequel okay. uh, to, to The Sopranos. Okay. All uh, right. Yep, that's what's coming up next week. All right, a nice full slate. Well, Bob, we definitely appreciate you stopping by this week, and we will talk to you next week about more movies. Thank you very much. This is the highlight of my week. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.